For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. That's right. For the record, you ain't trying to grow, then it's done for you. That's right. For the record, lab on me going all the way. All the way. For the record, ain't trying to link no time to waste. Stop calling. For the record. For the record. For the For the record. For the record. For the record. For the record. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. That's right. Kerry Atherton is the founder of Stories of Hope Australia. At a young age, Kerry started a spiralling relationship with alcohol. In this moment of redemption, we hear how early intervention saved her life. The few times when I was 16 and 17 that I went along with my dad, I went to shut my parents up basically and to silence everybody that kept saying to me, you're, you've got a problem, you know, you're an alcoholic. And I'm like, I can't possibly be an alcoholic. I'm only 16, I'm only 17, you know. I've only really just started drinking. But they'd point at me, these older sober members, and they would say, I wished I'd found this when I was your age. If I did, I wouldn't have ended up in a mental institution. I wouldn't have ended up losing my family. I wouldn't have ended up running over that person and killing them. I wouldn't have ended up in jail. I wouldn't have ended up in hospital. I wouldn't have ended up losing my licence. I wouldn't have ended up losing my marriage, my home, my kids. And that stuff just well, stuck Was it That's a little bit like a reverse psychology sort of thing to try and get you to stop and think that this is, you know, what will happen. Yeah. And at 18, 17 and 18, though, you don't think that far ahead, you know, no. but it got down to the day that, I decided that I could not live anymore. The pain was too great. And I planned to end my life. Wow. And I remember waking up that morning and I had thought about this for three years. From basically 14 to 18, I had thought about ending my life. And I woke up many times and I thought, I hope I don't wake up tomorrow. And I'd wake up and I'd have this black cloud hanging over my head and I would go through the entire day like that and the depression was just so bad and there was just no let up from it. The alcohol had stopped working, the pills weren't working anymore. And so this day I, I was like, that's it, I'm, I'm ending it all. And then all of a sudden I heard this loud voice say, don't do it, if you hang on a bit longer, you'll find happiness one day. And I'd been brought up with, with, with a faith in, in God, uh, but I certainly wasn't walking close with God or anything like that. But I, I really so it I wasn't like a, a full, you know, Christian family sort of thing where you went to church every Sunday and all that sort of stuff. No, no. My dad used to take us to church when we were little, um, but I, I've just believed that. The voice of God intervened in my life that day and I instead I rang up the 12-step program and I went along to a meeting and I knew I was at a crossroad. It was either going to be death or sobriety. And I thought, I'll give this one shot. This is my last, this is my last stop. If the 12-step program doesn't work, I'm out of here. But something happened, you know, in that meeting and I saw hope. I saw these people sitting there 
sharing their stories, you know, people that had been where I'd been and I knew that if they could do it, I could do it and I found hope that day. Your life was still ahead of you. You're so young. Yeah. You know, so much has happened but yet there's still so much hope for the future um, because there was and there is and there has been. Yeah. So much and good. And I knew that day, so I much knew good that for day you. that if I wanted to see my 21st birthday, I could never drink or touch pills or any kind of drugs ever again. And, and just, just for the record, how many yeah. years have you been sober <laughs> now? Because I know I read I... something there not so long ago. You celebrated a very good milestone, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. I've been sober for 39 years. Oh, wow. 39 years. That is, look, yeah. I, I take my hat off. I Look, I, my father was a heavy drinker. He was a workaholic and an alcoholic. Um, my grandmother passed away. She was an alcoholic. She lost her limbs and she was, um, you know, so alcoholism, my great-grandmother. I drink. Oh, I drink once a week. Um, and not every week. But when I do, I drink. I'm not going to lie, you know, I'm not sitting here sort of going to put myself up there and say, oh, I I do drink, (laughs) and I like to have a drink. But I know what you mean in reference to the no – if I open a bottle, because I don't drink beer, you know what I mean, I'll drink tequila or a nice bottle of red wine. If I open the bottle, I'm drinking the bottle. That's my One, problem. Yeah, one's too many and a hundred's not yeah, enough. There's either no or yes yeah. for me. And 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 yeah. I I often sit back at 45 and think to myself, maybe I have a problem. But then on the other side of it, I don't I don't see myself as having a problem. I'm talking probably to many others out there by having this conversation because you know, I I, I commend anybody that's able to stay sober for a month. Like, I've done it. I did it for years when I was locked up. But, you know, for 30-plus for years of sobriety, phenomenal, phenomenal. And, and you know, like, I don't know that I'm at that point in my life at 45 where I feel. But I guess the question is, Kerry, it's it's an individual thing, isn't it? If you if you feel that you have a problem, then reach out and, and try and get help and try and fix that problem. My point is... I'm not going to sit here and procrastinate. I drink and I like to have a drink when I have a drink. My problem is, yes, I probably would be looked at as an excessive drinker when I do drink because will I put that bottle down after one or two? No. So then I prefer to not even bother going there. If there's a a, a night or an afternoon or a luncheon or something and there's going to be a good time, then I'll crack a bottle of red or what have you and I will drink it and I will have a good time. But I tell you, I, 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 I... I hate hangovers. I hate them. Oh, I don't. I, yeah, I, that's the you thing must I be so happy when someone says, anymore. oh, shit, I've got a hangover. You, you must be just sitting back with a smile going, well, I know the answer to that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I, it's, really the, it's really one of the few payoffs, isn't it? Because it it's not a walk in the park, Greg, <sighs> facing life on life terms. Yeah, yep. Stone cold sober. Yep. Like most people... Uh, well, many people, I won't say most, many people have a drink to take the edge off, yeah. to relax, to socialise. I think the big question that people really need to ask themselves, and that this is the question that we used to get asked in the 12-step program, as the big pointer is, is alcohol costing you more than money? 
you've probably heard it, all the listeners out there, you, you've probably heard me talk 100 times over the last 40, 40, 42, 43 episodes. But lived experience is such a powerful thing. I know with yeah. my lived experience, this is why we do the clink. You helping others through your lived experience. I've had so many guests that have come on the clink and I, I just absolutely am inspired by each and everybody's story because everybody's contributing back to somebody or some organization or some community through their own lived experience. That's so powerful for me. I remember getting asked to stand up in front of 500 clinicians and share my story of lived experience. And it was a very empowering moment because here's all these people that are highly qualified and gone and done all these university degrees. And I'm just a kid from the streets. Yeah. You know what I mean? With a bit of a background and I'm sharing what the importance of lived experience is. You're a living experience of that. Thank you. And that's it. We're all living, breathing hope for the person that's still on the journey. Hope, your favourite word, isn't it? I know, I know. Hear more of Kerry's story in Season 3 of The Clinic. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. That's right. For the record, you ain't trying to grow any stuff for you. That's right. For the record, lab on me going all the way. All the way. For the record, ain't trying to link no time to waste. Stop calling. For the record. For the record. Yeah. For the For the record. For the record. For the record. For the record.